Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do, and more so, we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. All right, all right. Welcome, listeners. We're super excited to have you guys join us here today on the Sipping Social Podcast. Uh, we got episode 37 today. Um, we got a special guest with us today, Mr. Mm. Jack Waters. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. I, I just want to really quick say that I am the number one super fan of this podcast. Are you sure that it's, you're the number one super fan? It's, it's me, number one, my mom, number two. And my sister, number three. Yes, and then it, boom. The list goes down from there, but <laughs> I'm definitely Nan Waters. I'm a bigger fan than you. Oh my god! <laughs> shots fired early. Pot shots at his mom. I love it. I love it. Um, that's fantastic, Jack. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We've been literally Garrett and I've been planning on this for like three years, like scheming. How can we get Jack on the podcast? Since like the second one we've ever done. And in, in the first time, the first couple times you asked, we asked you. What did you say? Um, nah. I, I've said no a thousand no, times, no. but this is what it took. You yeah. said, hell no. I asked for 233 red M&Ms <laughs> and the temperature to be at 71.6 degrees. And <laughs> producer Johnny made it happen. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is what we go through for Thank our guests. You, Johnny. We will make it happen. Johnny will make it happen. Any of you future guests coming down to the Sipping uh, Social Underground Studio, we got you. All your red M&Ms, specific degree temperatures, we got you. I mean, we might be at 72, but I just thank you for making uh, exceptions. (laughs) Yes. No, I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm out of here. We got lots to talk about. And that was the episode? And that was the end of it. We got lots to talk about today, guys. Lots of good restaurant stuff. Uh, But before we get into that, Gentlemen, what are we sipping on? I got a delicious, delicious daisy cutter over here. Jacko, what you got? So I've got a Michter's 10, which um, Johnny was super graceful enough to give me. I appreciate it. <laughs> or reluctant. I, His face was unthrilled. I am, I am Michter's for life, though, by the way. Love um, it. Just Shout out to, to Michter's. Yes. Shout out to Michter's, but in all honesty, I was gifted that bottle. So uh, you're welcome. You're still yeah. welcome. <laughs> Thank Gary, you. Gary, what are you drinking on over there? Oh, you're welcome. That's so funny. Uh, I'm doing the uh, the uh, the one we did two two episodes oh, ago. Oh, perfect. The, 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 the old pepper, the, the James. Old pepper. <laughs> the James E. Pepper, old pepper, 10-year bourbon. Thank you for that. All right, perfect. Is it is it good? It's fantastic. Johnny, what are you drinking? In lieu of, uh, you know, Jack being here, alone, he loves uh, Coors Light, so I'm drinking the Coors Light. Boom. Ooh. Love it. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Let's have a good little podcast. Let's have some fun. Cheers, boys. Awesome. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. It's delicious. Before we get into this podcast, got to give a shout out to WGN Morning News. Jeff Hoover. Killed it. Killed it. Brought us on. Shout out to Robin, Larry, Paul. Tom. Did I get, did I get it right? Yeah, Tom. I got them Tom's all scaling. right. Double Honestly, sh- those anchors. Pat, Mary. Pat Tomasulo. Yep. Pat, right? Yeah. Did I say that? Did you yeah. say, I'm sorry. Did I say Pat? Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's all right. Honestly, that was one of the coolest experiences that I've been a part of. Um, 
I can go on for days about the different things that we did and how cool that was. But we just want to give a shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for having us on and give us good, giving us good exposure. And we got a lot of positive feedback about that. And uh, it was very, very cool. You know what you remind me a lot of is when we, uh, <coughs> when we brewed beer. Because there's like these 45-second clips like every 20 minutes. Oh, sure. Like, like a hurry up. Do it up. Do it up really fast. Yeah. And, then, and then sit back down. And then you just bit. drank for 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah so... <laughs> I don't then know, you had to do something. I'm else. not sure we were drinking for 45 minutes between the segments, but we were at right. the breweries. But it was like a hurry up and get it done, and then uh, now what do we do? Well, so exchange it was cool. drinking during that 45 minutes to just like hustling about for 45 minutes trying to figure out what we were going to do for the next we were segment. Like nitpicking everything we were going to do. Everything we were going to do. It was it was super cool and a great experience. And I, I, I think one of the coolest thing was is like there's a delay obviously with a live you know broadcast. Feed. So like the feed is like going 20, to them. Like 20 seconds. Like 20 something seconds. So when we were done filming here, we had a TV on down in the basement studio here. Right. So we could actually see ourselves right after we recorded. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And the forty and like the little quick like thirty second forty five second clips, we got almost like able to watch the entire thing, in on mute obviously, but right, it was pretty cool. It was super cool. Uh, thanks again, WGN News. Uh, honestly, I think we we're the second podcast to be on there. Probably the number one podcast to be on well, there. All right, so Steve Dahl <laughs> is probably going to have something to say about that, no, but he for should sure, come on and talk about it. Though. Oh, I love that, <laughs> Steve Dahl. Come on down. Um, all right, so let's get back to our podcast right now. We got a great guest on today. Jack Waters, one of the principal owners of the Bourbon Belly Hospitality Group, who Garrett and I work for. And without him. Without him, this podcast wouldn't exist. And I know that that's me being broish, but honestly, I love it. Jack, if it wasn't for you sitting me down in Muldoon's in, I think it was December of 2016. No. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah 2016. Yeah. 2016, saying, come on the group, come be with us, come do what we're doing. We probably not we would would not be sitting here in this capacity right now. So I want to thank you, sir. Um, it it has nothing to do with me. Like I said, you guys are really good friends, and this thing would have happened anyways. But um, I will give credit to uh, my business partner Nick for um, snagging up Garrett when uh, the t- when we opened Barrel and Rye. Yeah, the fall. Um, the fall it of took some hard hard selling for that to happen, but. Um, I do remember um, going to Muldoon's and sitting in that in that back booth and <clears throat> selling Mike on on what we were trying to do and um, really happy that both of you guys decided to come work for us. There was a day where Barrel and Rye was going to have their like first like meeting ever of like the whole front of house staff, and I was like, "Hey Nick, I have to I have I have, I have a shift that day." I'm going to make like $120, which is like now thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to give that away in two seconds. But uh, he's like, just come. I promise you're going to make a ton of money. And I was like, well, all right, fine. I'll give it, I'll give that shift away. He and nice. He was speaking out of his ass, yeah. but, <laughs> but he was right. But he was right. Yes. yes. See? So it yeah. was big it was ups on totally him. Totally worth it. So I, I literally gave away the last shift that I had at Muldoon's. I gave it up. Which is, crazy. which is weird because yeah. usually you sell – when you're leaving, anyone working in a restaurant, you sell your last day. Like, hey, it's my last day. So all your regulars show up. You should make a ton of money that day, and then you move on. And hopefully, like, a tenth of those customers can follow you to the next restaurant. Um, but I, I gave it up, and I, I'm not sure what that person made, but I know it wasn't what I thought I was going to make. I'm waiting for my uh, my back booth discussion for a dishwater, <laughs> dishwasher boy. <laughs> I'm waiting for the call every day. Jack will give you a back booth conversation anytime you want. I'm looking for back rubs at uh, 
I don't where the the location of your choosing. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. I love it. I love it. Let's get into some restaurant news. This is kind of a sad thing for us, uh, especially for Jack. Super, super sad for Jack. He loves tiki bars. So, um, so this is a Lost Lake in the city in Logan Square. Yeah, Logan Square. Unfortunately, it's closing for the time being. So it doesn't seem like it's gonna be a forever thing, but I hope we got, not. We got mad memories there. That place was dope. Yeah, it was really really cool. It was a little bit of a tourist spot, but also yeah. like a. I mean, being in the suburbs, we're also tourists, right? Of course. In the city. Um, and any time that we went down as a company and we like went bar hopping or like restaurant hopping, like research and development, like figure out what's what's cool, what's hip, we always started at Tiki Spot. That's yep. where Jack wanted to go. Yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> so, is fine. This well, is true. And yeah. honestly, though, it was a, a great spot to start because they had um, these massive community cocktails, right? Batch cocktails that were served for like six to twelve people, fifty to eighty bucks. Well, obviously with COVID times. That's not very conducive. Sure. But pre-COVID, that was badass. You get the little swirly, like, straws. Everybody's sipping the, the drink at the same time. You could yeah. order two of them for, like, 12 people, and boom, start the night off great. It's also yeah. a place where when you ordered it, you had to order your second round as soon as you got your first one because it took 25 minutes to get a drink. You want the dry ice coming yeah. out of the cocktail. Right. You know what I mean? And then I think the the highlight of the trip for us was the shrimp chips. <laughs> I can't believe you're bringing that up. <laughs> Those things were nasty. You guys were talking about that the whole way down in the train. You're like, oh, the shrimp chips over there. Because they don't like, have a kitchen. You can only order like chips there. That was the like, only thing? We're hungry. So like, oh, they ordered like so, three bags yeah. of shrimp chips and three bags of like so, prawn chips. So we did an R&D, and I think we were expecting like a full kitchen yeah. menu, right? Right. And uh, it was like, there was like three things on the menu. She like Four threw, of each. threw bags of chips at us. Yeah, and and, yeah it was like vintners. <laughs> yeah. Like vintners. Vintners. Shrimp chips. Shrimp chips. And they, they weren't what cheap they either. Had. It's like we felt like guilty like leaving Full them behind. Like, ocean we brought flavor. them with us and I stopped I'm like, we're never going to eat these. <laughs> they were disgusting. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. So. I ate two though. I ate one. Two bags like, or no, no, no. two, I, I two one, chips? I had one chip and I was like, ugh, that's terrible. And then, and then you went back for another like, one? Just to make sure. Okay. Did they have ranch to dip it in? <laughs> Not enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. There's never enough ranch. So rest in peace, Lost Lake. <laughs> um, the owners of that place do come from, I believe, Three Dots and a Dash. That's where they started off originally. Yep. Um, with that kind of like power in the industry, in the city, at some point they're going to reopen up. And wherever Lost Lake opens up, We'll be there for some R and D, and most likely hanging out at the bar down the street afterwards. One hundred percent. So, so rest in peace, Lost Lake. But uh, we are awesome gonna prayers. miss you. All right. Um, kind of. Uh, it also sucks for their staff too, right? Yeah, but in the city to get fired in the jan- in January in the slow season. They'll, they'll fired, find jobs. Like, I hope right so. now. If you're if you're a good employee in the restaurant industry, you're gonna find a job. I, f- I hope so. No, for real. Come That's, out to the suburbs. We're hiring. We got we got you. We got you. <laughs> Um, let's talk about Bell's Brewery in Comstock, Michigan, one of the bigger Midwestern craft breweries. They just got bought up by New Belgium, um, which is an outfit that, well, it's owned by an Australian outfit called Lion. Um, they're starting to buy up all these microbreweries in, in the U.S. and kind of building a little bit of a conglomerate. So, um, that's a fat tire, right? Yeah, so that's where Fat Tire comes from, New Belgium, out of Colorado. Um, so it just kind of seems like this company is trying to buy up all these. And honestly, Anheuser-Busch did that a couple of years ago. A big time. Yeah, it started buying up all these microbreweries and kind of bi- building a bigger brand. Um, Bell's is known for Bell's Two-Hearted, 
which is like the OG West Coast IPA. 100%. Well, still that wins here in Nevada, right? Still wins awards everywhere it goes. Yep. And it's been around for 20 years. Um, they make great seasonal beers. Uh, I have not been to that brewery, but Comstock's not too far away. But kind of exciting news for them. I know they sold to the tune of like 50 plus million Oof, for a microbrewery. They probably started off relatively small. Yeah. Good for that guy. Yeah. I he's, mean, he's he doing just cle- clearly made some money, right? Does that affect their sales like from a hardcore perspective? As long as they don't lose the quality. So Goose Island went through this when they were bought out by Anheuser-Busch. Big time. So they started kind of being a little chintzy on some of the product they brought in. Okay. But once they realized that Goose Island Bourbon County Stout was like the mainstream, they didn't lose the quality on that. Okay. So if you stick with your heavy hitters, uh, as long as they don't bring in cheaper ingredients to make the same bells too hearted that everybody goes nuts for, right, G? I mean, that's that's the bottom line. That's right? the biggest concern, right? Yeah. Anytime you go big, right. we talked about it with with uh, Noon Whistle when they right. when they expanded. I hope I hope they keep the the quality. Quality. That's where it comes down to. You're, yep. you're like hand picking hops. You're like going to hop farms and stuff like that. Um, I think that as long as they stay in that that line of quality, nobody's going to really, really care. close, right? I mean, there's going to be some streamlining. Sure. When, well, they, when they get when they get bought up by a bigger group, I guess it, that's kind of how it happened with Lagunitas and Heineken. Yeah. When Lagunitas was bought out by Heineken, or they took over the majority, that was the the main concern. But I don't feel like they've skipped a beat. I couldn't I couldn't tell you the difference between Lagunitas IPA now versus four it, years ago. Exactly, and that's the bottom line. So just maintaining that quality for sure, for sure. Um, our customer of the week this week. This is a very specific one. This dude was super specific. I can't. I can't even handle how specific this dude was. Half of his cheddar cheese on a burger, the other half on a plate. No pickles on the lettuce for the garnish. I cannot wait to complain about this later. I should probably have some more whiskey before yeah, oh, we get into that. Shit, just let it go. Okay, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll get there soon. All right, all right. <laughs> we got our uh, yearly tension. yearly industry ebb and flow right now. Eef. Eef. Um, slower times in the restaurant industry. Feel like we're lucky. We we work for a good group. Obviously, Jacko uh, helps provide for that. Uh, great food, great service, great cocktails. No customers. It's, it's still slow, dude. Between it's being like the coldest it's ever been this year, and dry January. Hang on though, I want to talk about this real quick. A couple of weeks ago, everybody was like hunkering down for a four to eight inch snowfall in Chicago. Like two inches dropped. Well, first of all, when did four to eight inches scare anybody in Chicago before? I feel like it does every year. I feel like every time you go driving and it snows, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's, it's happening. But it's like the, the first end of the world. one, though. Yeah. But like four to eight inches in Chicago is not a lot. It should not stop you from the, doing it. The, the trucks were out four hours before the first flurry fit. It just bothers me. People are like, oh, there's this huge snowstorm coming. Yeah. Four inches. Okay. Buying all the to- toilet paper and canned goods I can possibly find. <laughs> I think it's I think it's different times too. Like I mean, I feel like in the eighties we had some like huge snows. I remember growing up like like feet. Yeah, because like you feet, were only three and a half snow. feet tall. But even then, though, well, there was e- like one to two feet in the of snow. Nineties too. I feel like it's it's you we haven't had like tall. I mean, we, a couple of years ago we had a huge dump, like probably twenty fifteen or fourteen or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. There was, but it there was two years in a row where we had a ton of yeah, snowfall. And it was in. massive. Yeah. It hasn't really hit us super hard. So 48 inches. Come on. Yeah, get over yourself. Oh, yeah. It's nothing. Just just get out there and buy some booze. 
Come get a burger. <laughs> One time. So so get the slower times in January and February. And then uh dry January for all the people who are trying to get healthy. Are you Jack, are you on a dry January? Um I'm twenty four seven. I'm working out, so Wait, there's did, no, wait, there's did, no, whoa, 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 Didn't you just get back from an all-inclusive resort in I, Mexico? I was working out there as well. He was. I follow him on our, our Apple watches are in sync. He was. He was running four miles a day. You dog. On the beach? Um, Just around the resort. Oh, cool. But, uh, yeah. Just, like, doing laps around the pool. <laughs> like I did 75 laps around the pool. Yeah, shirt off, <laughs> you know. People. Slamming a Coors Light in between laps. Yeah. This is, like, a water guy, like, giving, like, the in a race. He's got, like, little cup, Dixie cups of Coors Light. Coors Light. Every time we cross the, the finish line. Yeah. Yeah, it was a deep end. Pacifical Light, but <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah, whatever. Same thing. Perfect. So that dry January, though, for the restaurant industry... <laughs> We rely on a lot of people to come in to drink daily. Yeah, or, who, or the, the people who are there like once or twice a week. Once or, twice a, yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be daily. Once yeah. or twice a week, just stopping in for two or three beers. They're all on dry January, so we'll see you uh, February 1st. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll buy your first one to reel you back in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so do you also truth, think, do you also truth think be told. Like, wait, wait. Do you think that, uh, to come back to that, people like get their credit card statement from December and go... Yeef. <laughs> I got I to gotta rein it in for two weeks only to be because, able to pay this thing off. Only because of tax season, though. That's, I mean, like, you couple it, but you couple that all later. together, though. It's like the holiday season, yeah, so the like, bar season. Hey, you're out, you're just swiping, you're just swiping it. No swiping, yeah, swiping, so swiping, swiping, and then January come 10th, you get that bill, you're like, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to calm only down. Ma- I only make this much yeah, every two weeks. I'm going to calm down a little bit. <laughs> for two more weeks, I'm out. All right, so truth be told, uh, we had a little bit of a snafu earlier, and we drank all the beer that we were going to review. Um, so we're going to get on to the whiskey, and we're going to do that before we get into interviewing Jack, which is the main segment of this. We didn't get a snafu because we drank it on accident. I didn't. I wasn't trying to say right. why. I just. I'm not trying to. I no, just. I mean, we can. I, we, we can talk about we it. We don't have to. No, it's not. I'm, I'm just saying. Can I? Can I just be honest, really quick? Sure, sure. I wanted to sit on Johnny's lap, and I accidentally pressed <laughs> the wrong button on the keyboard, and I screwed everything up. Perfect. So yeah, that's that the, that's good. where sorry. we're going. That with. sounds good. That's so where we're going. With. But the, so the bottom sorry. line is, we're about to get into our whiskey review. Okay. Is everybody cool with that? Yes. Yeah, we can talk about it. Should we? Should we have some whiskey? Jacko, do you want you want to interview now, or do you want to talk let's, about whiskey? Whatever you guys Actually, want. Let's you know do some what? whiskey. Wait, wait. Let's do the interview because I think the interview leads into. I agree with that. How Perfect. you yeah. guys kind of curated that that whiskey we're going to taste? Okay, that gives you more time to finish that uh, M10 over there. Perfect. Drink some more Coors Light. Drink some more whiskey. Good oh. to go. Perfect. So for our listeners out there, Jack, we're going to give a little background. Okay. Uh, about how long we've known you and how we came together, right? I feel like that that's good for our listeners and people who don't know us. I, I started working at Muldoon's in 2004, um, long time ago. Muldoon's and Wheaton. Muldoon's and Wheaton. Um, that's how I cut my teeth. As long as I remember working in the restaurant industry, I remember you being at Front Street, okay? Number one tipper in Wheaton. He is the number one tipper. No, right? I was like number three. I told you that one time. <laughs> I, yeah, it wasn't. You he, actually told him he that? was hanging. <laughs> he was hanging me on something else. I've been waiting all week to say that. Yeah, Jackson, like, what you, what'd you, you think of that tip? Well, it's uh, you're actually tipper number three in this area. So. <laughs> I yep. cannot. Be- you guys have been talking about this. <laughs> I cannot believe you waited to bring this up right now. So, so I've been when I started bartending when I was 24. Jack and Gary, 
these guys had just turned 21. John isn't part of that group too, just kind of a different group of friends. But like all these guys came to the bar that I happened to work at. And I became fast friends with them for many reasons. Through sports, Coors Lights, Barack Del Bipti's. Golden Tea. Golden Tea. Like all these things just like brought us together. We sure. just like like kind of com- comrades well, in the industry, right? I think the restaurant industry brings you together. That's what I'm saying. So as, right. long, as, as long as I remember working at Muldoon's, you worked at Front Street. So how did... Uh, you oh, start, he ran that joint. I know, but but that's not how he started there, though. That's true. So you, you started at Front Street as a food runner. Yeah. So and then can you just give us like a little bit of a snippet of how you got to not be that guy? Sure. Um, so <laughs> I, I was going to um, community college at the time, and um, my like I needed a job that worked with the hours that I could handle. So... Um, my buddy's dad owned uh, the restaurant group in town, Front Street Cantina. Um, so I reached out to him, and he, you know, obviously just kind of made it happen. Um, and I was not qualified for the job at the time. <laughs> so they put me at um, Expo, which is basically a food runner. Um, so I kind of had to learn that way, you know, learning the menu and learning what the table numbers are. And these are like basic, real basic things, um, before I was able to serve. Um, and then even after that, it's like when you're serving, you have to learn certain things like what your table wants and what they need from you like what are they do you hover over them or do you not do you like sit at their table and talk to them do they like that like so there's different things that you just kind of learn on the fly as you're going right yeah um and uh that i mean that's my beginning front street in in a nutshell that's interesting that that you mentioned that like when you're when you're a server and you become you know someone who's face to face with the customers that come to the table it's not only just taking orders it's reading them it's reading what their personalities are you know how how they're going to interact uh and 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 deciphering all that and 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 you have to figure yourself out how you're going to handle the table sure that way and the hardest part not to jump into this but the hardest part is that every table is different so some people want you to be an order taker some people want you to be on stage or yeah, somewhere right. in, somewhere in between, right? So as a young individual navigating that, you know, you go from being an expo at Front Street to being promoted to a server, right? And then kind of climbing the corporate ladder a little bit? Yeah. So um, I basically uh, served for a couple of years and they just kind of shot me into uh, management. I, I don't know... Um, what, you know, why that was, I, I kind of told them like, this is what I'm interested in. So I want probably cause of how handsome you are, right? <laughs> yes. They wanted me behind the bar, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind Look of at that face. <laughs> I, I, I had so a clean, <laughs> I, I, I looked like I was 13 at the time, but I still carried you when you come into the bar, just so you know, <laughs> um, I, Yo, I, Mike, that's the owner. <laughs> Yeah. Still gonna need to see an ID. <laughs> I I think I had a knack for it at the time, so For sure. Um I think you did. Yeah. That, yeah, that that's what uh basically what happened, you know. We, I managed there for um 
you know, probably five years. Um, and then um, my business partner and I, um, we were, we, we kind of were like in school and we were just kind of like, what, what are we doing? Like, uh, what are we, are we going to school for something that we want? Like, we didn't really know. So we were just kind of like, this is what we want to do. Um, so why don't we just do this? And, um, we met with, um, I still remember we met with the owner of the restaurant, um, to be like, Hey, um, we want to open our own restaurant. We were 26 and, uh, babies. Yeah. We, we had no idea what we were doing, but we were like, we don't want to work for you, but we do want to do our own thing. Um, and so he was like, okay, well, I'm going to give you guys this opportunity. Um, I'm going to, if you guys are up for it, you can franchise, uh, this restaurant. We're going to help you out. We're going to give you all the systems. We're going to give you the menu. Um, we're going to even help you like build it out. Um, and, uh, we chose that option. So, um, it, it, we, we ended up doing that, um, and it didn't, did, it didn't work out so hot. So, so, for, so for how long? It worked, but it didn't work as well as the place you were at before. Right? It, it did not work for us. Um, it, 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 I think the French, so they, um, were like a very popular restaurant in the early nineties and it, uh, any restaurant group like has a lifespan unless you're like fully reinvesting and, and changing the menu and, and, and doing whatever you can to keep it fresh. Um, you can extend that for quite a while, but they, um, they did not do that. So we kind of opened our franchise at the tail end of their life. And, um, there was already a place in Geneva where we opened that was like, like in Illinois, it's like the most popular Mexican restaurant in, in all of Illinois. Yeah. So like we opened a Tex-Mex restaurant against that. Um, so people in Geneva, uh, where we are, were not like they were already used to that and we had to come up against that and it just didn't it never really caught fire so we had to deal with 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 that i never knew that i never knew that you moved into that corner space in geneva uh and re- and you replaced a mexican restaurant with front street no uh, it was a brand new so we moved in um to we it was a brand new build out. Oh, but we okay. were we were on an island. There was no so like nowadays Geneva's completely built out. There's it's yeah. It's no longer thirty eight, it's third is is kind of the destination. Mm-hmm. But um when we moved in we were on on an island. There was nothing around us, but um Bien Trucha was like on check, gotcha. please. The big yeah, dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. they they were like catching fire, gotcha. and that was kind of the changing of the guard for specifically for that 
type of cuisine. Like it wasn't like the Chili's. Um, yeah, Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex, yeah. yeah. Like our, our ownership group that we came from struck gold in 1991 because there was nothing like it. Right. Right. Yeah. And they they were able to ride that wave for so long, but in the end, you have to adapt or get on some different trend. Sure. Well, you have to evolve the restaurant group, right? Yes. Food, uh, decor. products, decor, all that stuff. It yes. has to stay relevant to the times. If you're going to stay in the 80s or the 90s, then guess who's going to come in there? And and don't get me wrong. Those guys were super successful and they did their thing. Sure. And I have nothing but respect for them. They taught us everything that we know. Well, it's, it's tough to talk shit about them because they, they paid your paycheck and they set you up for success. Right. right. And gave you that first stepping and, yeah. stone. Oh right. And, and they gave me like multiple chances when I probably should have been fired. Listen, we all should have been fired there at least four or five times. Yeah. So the, the listeners that don't know uh, where currently the Bourbon Belly Hospitality uh, Group sits, we kind of led, you know, kind of your, your, your story from like the ground up right now into your franchise store. But before we go into the places that you've really had success with and you've opened uh, more recently, can you kind of just go through and kind of tell us a little bit about where, where you're currently at with Bourbon Belly Hospitality Group and, and, and the stores you guys operate? Sure. So um, Bourbon Belly Hospitality Group basically is, um, right now it's four restaurants. Uh, we, we opened Barrel and Rye in 2014, um, Burger Local in 20, late 2015, uh, Burger, or I'm sorry, Maison Mash was like 2017 and Burger Social 2017. 2017 yeah. Um, and, and bourbon belly hospitality is basically just our over company that like oversees, like we want to be, try to become a brand name in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also, um, does some other things, you know what I mean? Like we have a, uh, an upper management group that, um, oversees everything. And um, we we can't like pay them out of one specific place. Um, they we also pay our uh, health insurance out of there, um, and and our uh, GL and whatever. But um, that's the main focus of so that's Urban where the, pa- the the parent company comes uh, over the the umbrella and pays out certain areas. But as far as the the restaurants go, are they? individual based on uh like where you started them and where they're at now or you bringing them all under the same umbrella uh based on the products and the food items you're trying to put out so we would like to get everything streamlined in the end right because um i it just i i'm sitting next to the beverage director right so like he's (laughs) Garrett's the beverage director for Bourbon Belly Hospitality. So he's in charge of streamlining the process that we have of ordering. Like, what what are we going to... Where's the uniformity that we're going to have on every restaurant? And and Garrett and I just had a conversation um, on our Uber over here uh, about what how does that help us not only in terms of like making it easier and making the product better, but it, it, it can also help us financially. Sure. Um, we, there's rebates we can get 
in in terms of that. But incentives. Yeah. So nature. So so well, it comes it, down to I think the most importantly, the fat part is like people want uh, to sell us products, right? Yeah. So if we can hone that in, it's like we want you to sell more of our products, so we're going to give it to you cheaper because there's a, you got a bunch of spots. That's what we're looking at. I like that. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, it's a lot different than being where you started with with your franchisee. Uh, you started off with being the front street the front street cantina in Geneva. Then you branched out with Barrel and Rye, and then you changed Front Street into Burger Local. So being a franchisee, um, moving into your own ownership group, um, what were some of the challenges you faced when you had to go from one to another when it seemed like you were going to try to take on a lot bigger load? So I think for us specifically, like, when we opened Barrel and Rye, it was like white knuckle. Like we, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, but we knew. That makes me feel better about signing. Oh up. my god, <laughs> the core concept was like we. Knew, I didn't just like you know propose my wife and start a family. The the core concept was there, and we knew it. Um, my business partner Nick, who you guys have had on, is. Unbelievable. Who? (laughs) Unbelievable at his job in terms of like, so we had a core concept of, you know, uh, whiskey, cocktail, um, and the menu was pretty much broken down into like salad sandwiches, burgers. Right. And Nick took that and ran with it and took it to the next level. He took the interior to the next level. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just... I've already forgot the question. That's all good. I, we were just asking about like do, the going. difference between being a franchi- franchisee and you being the, the principal owner and the, the, the differences between that. So obviously, it just took you into another echelon of building out places, coming up with the menu concept where all that was provided for you. I think you. it's a lot more work because that's right. what I was getting at. Like, that's, that's the bottom and line, and it, right? It takes two of you yeah. to come up with uh, yeah. your own scenarios, what, what you're good at, what you're Sh- not at. Sure. So um, we, after Barrel and Rye opened, um, we were able to convert Front Street to Burger Local, which was like a quick, kind of a quick turnaround for us. But then we really kind of snowballed from there. Um, and it, and that's what it is. It's, it's really just kind of a snowball effect. Like we're able to, the, the number one thing that we've done, in my opinion, is building the infrastructure, right? So it's um, our executive director of operations, James. The the dude is kind of taken over everything that I've done, and he's he has a corporate background, so he's taken it to the next level. Sure. We have two executive chefs um, on the executive side that are able to develop the menu and go, you know, they're, they're able to fill in or whatever they need to do. Especially create new dishes that are interesting. Yeah. And yeah. So you and constantly, we talked about earlier about like having to like re re-identify yourself as a new, different restaurant. They're yeah. able to do that on the fly. And, and, and I will say like never in a million years did I think that we would have a beverage director, but <laughs> like if there's anyone to do it, it's Garrett because like, Stop, I, stop it. Stop it. Uh, can I? No, he's can, blushing. He's can blushing. Can I go? Can I go? <laughs> Is he blushing? Uh, Johnny? I, I, 
Does that mean you're the first to go? Yeah, I'm out. I'm uh, I'm updating my resume right now. I've, I've watched this guy literally from like when he came on at Barrel and Rye. Um, we used to have meetings before um, like his shift, and we'd be like, "The dude is an is a consummate salesman." So I'd be like. Um, we have a lot of this whiskey. Can you sell this? <laughs> Just get it out. Get rid of it. Um, so he would always do that. But to see his passion kind of grow from there, and th- and this is no smoke. Like um, he he wanted to do this on his own. Um, I think Garrett would have been fine anywhere else, and he could be. But um, I'm happy to have him as our beverage director, and he you snagged him at the right time. Yeah, so there's, you got him. So you're good. Uh, go ahead. No, I just say there's a, there's a there's a big plus of hanging out with your friends, and uh, and and working for your working with your friends, huge plus. Had I known how much I wouldn't hang out with you guys, I don't know if it would have been the same scenario because I thought I was going in just to hang out with you guys all the time, but I never see you anymore. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I get to see Mike now, which is great. Yeah, perfect. We'll take it. It's a decent trade-off, what right? Were you going to say, Johnny? I was going to ask, um, so a lot of those operational decisions uh, that you that you're just talking about, about hiring people to sort of replace things that you've done, putting yeah. people in positions that they can excel in, uh, has that come to you like naturally or is this something that you've learned from reading books or like did you learn that from franchising uh, Front Street? Like where did that come from? Because it seems like Nick's more like the uh, designy, like kind of coming up with the look and feel and maybe food, but you're more on the business side of things. Sure, so sure. And that's, and that's 100% right. But we're, I think we're learning every, like we're learning on the fly. No, no doubt about it. Um, but I, I, this is so stupid, but like, I like to think of our business as like a sports team and like, I'm smart enough to know that I'm not smart. Okay. So I'm going to put the people in place that are smart at specific areas and kind of how do we improve that way? Right. So like we have any, any person that's in the upper management team or whatever, they are there for a specific reason to improve the company. And I think that's what I'm most proud about with the company. Yeah, I think um, when you, when you kind of read about a lot of people that are successful and kind of whatever they do, they, they exactly do that. They put people in positions that can take over certain aspects of their business and they're not the ones that try to just run everything themselves into the ground. Exactly. Well, for sure. And, and I'm not trying to uh, step out of bounds here, but like a good owner knows how to direct people and put them in a pre- specific positions to allow companies to grow, people to grow and, and grow their product uh, and their brand, which is what you guys, I, I think you've done um, fantastically. Obviously, I'm biased. Thank you. Getting a little teary-eyed <laughs> over here. <laughs> I got a good question for you. Sure. So you guys have opened four restaurants. Um, kind of a teaser here. We, there's a fifth one on the way. Does it seem to get easier? Well, well, we'll get into that in a little bit. But does it seem to get easier, or is it? Um, does it? Is other like every restaurant is like different to open? There's different nuances. There's different battles you have to fight. Does it seem to get better each time, or? Um, I I think. For us, it's gotten a lot, I want to say easier because of the 
infrastructure that we've put in. Sure, right? you, you, you've put that infrastructure yeah. in there and you rely on that infrastructure yeah. to allow it to continue smoothly, right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I don't, like with COVID, that threw a wrench into everything, but, um, and we, like with where the labor market is, we have no idea, but. Which is all tied into like the, the current uh, atmosphere of the restaurant group and, sure. and restaurants in, in general, um, dealing with labor, dealing sure. with short staff, dealing with um, people who are not even able to get things that we normally order. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're dealing with a lot more. But I will say easier because of, like I said, the snowball effect. We have every time we do another restaurant, we've gained another person that's going to help us open these things up and Sure. And hopefully we're just going to keep continuing to grow from there. And maintaining the quality that you got. Yes. While increasing the quality of that. Absolutely. I think I just reiterated what I was saying, but I, it <laughs> sounded good before I said it, but I apologize <laughs> if I did that. Um, so now that we've referred to and kind of alluded to uh, a fifth restaurant going out, uh, you guys are working on a new project in downtown Wheaton. What's what's the odds that it opens up in 2022 or beyond that? So it's really funny because when I was doing my research on the podcast, <laughs> I yes. um, went back and listened to when my business partner got interviewed <laughs> and he was talking about our restaurant that was supposed to be opening. Really? Um, that long ago? Yeah, Hell 2019. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been counting the days ever since then. Wow. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, we're we're very hot and heavy now. I think we're like, jeez. I think COVID has made us refocus on what we want to do, and um, we're 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 like permits are in. Gotcha. So, so, so like you're on the ground floor, like ready to start getting the cracking. So, what I've heard is two weeks, groundbreaking. No, yeah. <laughs> from now, yeah. everybody, every market on the calendar. Yeah. But, well, or ready? Fab one, one. Two, three. Fab, Fab one. Fab one. Fab one. I'll send you the blueprints. <sighs> this is news to me. I'm excited about that. I work at, obviously social is in downtown Wheaton. This new place is going to oh, yeah, be around the corner. Close. We're opening this new one. Social's going to close down. I hate We're you. We're just firing the entire staff. Don't, don't even say that. <laughs> I want to punch you right now. <laughs> so, but the, but the new joint is in downtown Wheaton on Front Street. You have a, you got a name for it? Um, yeah. So it's going to be called Proof Number Five. Love it. Um, and it's kind of like a, it's a little bit of like a double meaning. Obviously, most of our places are whiskey kind Booze of who's related yeah. yeah and so this is proof with whiskey but it i think it's also like um we're proving it to ourselves that we can um cool. continue to keep going i love it um even after whatever all this other well i think Wheaton's a good spot too i mean there's there's a, a lot of people live there downtown's bustling we know looking it's growing just looking at it's growing just being on the back end looking at social sales it's growing <laughs> Uh, I think there's no way that they can cannibalize each other. It's yeah. uh, the more, and I've always said this before: like the more restaurants in, in a specific area, the better. Because it's not necessarily saying let's go to this spot for dinner. 
let's go to this town for dinner and we'll find dinner when we're there. Sure. Let's just go so, to downtown yeah. park, go get a drink we'll, somewhere, we'll, we'll get around, some dinner somewhere. Look at some menus, figure out yeah, where we go. If I this place it. is full, we'll go to the next spot. Yep. And I think, I think the more you have that, the better. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I love bopping around. Bopping around. Bop, bop, bop. Johnny, bop, bop. Bop, 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 bop. Johnny, bop, bop. It's impossible to do that without shaking your shoulders either, is it? All right, so now that we've asked all the like the the detailed questions, can uh, I, restaurant? No, I no, feel Johnny, like uh, Johnny questions got. Did one I more? get off easy? I no, feel <laughs> not yet. No, this is this is the hard part. Did, was I just rambling for <laughs> no, a long you, time? No, you did good. I wasn't paying okay. attention. All right, so. Johnny, what you got? Thank no, you. Johnny you were, got one more thing to say. No, you were one hundred percent fantastic during that uh, <laughs> breakdown. Um, no, I was going to ask. I was going to ask this question because, like, oh, when perfect. You, you mentioned at the uh, top of the podcast, uh, Brockdale Bipties. I have no idea what that means. Johnny doesn't know what a Brockdale Bipti is. I feel like we need to revisit our friendship. Uh, dude, I have never heard of this before, and I feel completely uh, excluded. <laughs> I guarantee you've had a thousand of them. You guys didn't ask me what my favorite cocktail bar in the city was either. We're coming up. Oh, oh. That, that's, that's I'm sorry. Jacko's reading. I thought down. we were done. <laughs> no, we're not done. Are these so like here's, here's the thing. Are these like right, great so, bombs or something? So these are O bombs. All right, Jack has his own name for a Bacardi O. Red Bull. Jack is very, Chat. very fond of... It's called of, a Barack Del Bipti. He's fond going of back. a name <laughs> and then making it funny after that. Going, This is going back a long time ago. This is when he was... A like, decade ago? Well, I think that was GT that took it to Del Bipti. Oh, Del Bipti for sure. Yeah. So, that, but that was you the came up with Barack? I right. came up with Barack Obama. All right, so here's the real question. Is when sure. he was like going for presidency. <laughs> 2016. So all, all, four of us, yeah. okay. all four of us have had lots of shots and Obams at Muldoon's. Over under how many Barack Del Bipti's? So have like you to Obam, is it Picardio and Red Bull? Right. Over under how many of those have you had at Muldoon's? Because I guarantee you. Wait, no, I'll set the over under. You tell me. Ours, ours, is, ours is worse. I'm gonna say <laughs> three hundred and twenty-five. <laughs> that's a strong. That's a really good number. Yeah. Um, what are you, you going to be over? I want to be straddling that line. But so he's taking the e- he's taking the even money be like four three twenty four. Nice. And, so well, that's great and, because and, I think I did like three twenty six yeah. in the fourteen well, years that I worked I, yeah, there. I mean, I so like I, I'm definitely over that. I did four. So Mal- Muldoon's had like a, a membership card. Yes. Yeah. Frequent diner card. Frequent diner card, and, and and based upon that, you could print out mm-hmm. how many shots you had. Yeah. Or, I, or all or your anything, product, all of it. Any product. Yeah. You could print out the whole sheet. I had like a three inch roll. <laughs> It was like $7,500. Of what? Of drinks. Drinks at yeah. Muldoon's. So, but like, in like a year. Yeah. Come, t- come talk to me when it's one specific product. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly we've done lots of shots at Muldoon's. Uh, I'm thinking and those, that those me, are also the ones that were rung in. <sighs> Thanks, James. <laughs> we appreciate you for not ringing those in. And they were Larson pours. Yeah. Exactly. We call, them, we call them Larson pours. Uh, Jacko... You drink lots of Coors Light. We've had lots of O-bombs together. What are you drinking at home? Okay. Um, I would say specifically I'm probably drinking like more red wine, which is like mm, semi-nerdy. But but, but what um, kind of red wine? What's your, um, what's your... Cabs. Perfect. For sure. If that's okay. not the sign of success, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
So I'm, I'm thinking you should be sponsored by Coors Light when you're out and about. Like yeah. literally, you should have like a Coors Light jacket, and they should just follow you around with yeah. the camera crew. But when you're at home drinking cabs, love yeah. it. I, I I think for me, anything is like about feel. Like what? Where do you feel comfortable? Like if I'm at a bar, if I'm at Muldoon's, I'm gonna drink Coors Lights. If I'm at home watching a movie with my wife, I'm gonna drink red wine. Love it. Maybe Great a answer. bourbon or Great two. Cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that well, three. That leads us into our next question. What's the best whiskey you've ever had? And you can oh. use the M10 you got in your hand right now just it's, to make Johnny feel better. Yeah, it's probably like, so my philosophy in life, and I was talking to Garrett about this um, when before we Ubered over yeah. here, is like I don't, I never feel like I deserve it. I thought this was going to be a quick question. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you I my, Jeff Hoover was last week? Are you my uh, are you my uh, psychiatrist? <laughs> yeah. So I don't like. I literally would rather the customer drink the good whiskey. I don't want to drink it. Just, okay. That's it. But but the, I, but that's not the, the but that's not the question. So much. The good question whiskey. is what's the what's yeah. the best whiskey you've ever had? I. Honestly, I think it's the maker's pick that we did. Boom. I, honestly. Boom. The RC6 one? No, 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 the Bourbon Belly one that we did all together. We did it on the podcast that's, here once. That's a great, did that pass my lips? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. That's I got some at my house, too. Next time I'll give some. Okay. Let's keep rolling with those questions. I like those questions. Uh, what's the best cocktail city or cocktail bar you've ever been in the city, Jacko? Yeah, not including Maze and Mash and Burger Social. <laughs> and not Lost Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I was sipping on my Coors Light. Um, what's the name of the place in, uh, I, dude? I, I'm, I'm Violet Hour. Yes. Yeah. Violet Hour. It's the best. It's our favorite. Yeah. So my brother-in-law took me there like in 2006, and it was like that. You had that side door feel. Yeah. Where it was like, what? Where am I going? Exactly. And then there's these like drapes. Yep. And you're like, what? <laughs> am I in a Am I in a music video from 2000 or what? And then all of a sudden, um, it's like the best cocktail, I think. I I agree. It's my favorite cocktail bar I've ever been to. So, Violet Hour. Violet Hour. Off the hook. I mean, the feel there is incredible, right? Ambiance is insane. And they're like the bartenders are insanely knowledgeable. Top notch. Only Michelin rated cocktail bar in the city. Really? Yeah. There's like 32 Michelin stars handed out in Chicago each year. For cocktail bars? No, total. And that's the only one that gets the cocktail bar. Wow. Yeah. So it's the only Michelin-rated cocktail bar in the city. That's, it's that good. That's impressive. All right, last question, Jacko, before we get into the whiskey. Who wants to ask it? I'll ask it. What's your uh, favorite place you take the wife to eat? It can't be the bedroom. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Does uh, McDonald's count? No. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, we so we actually really like Walrus Room in Geneva. That place is I've, fantastic. I've not been. I want to. You gotta go. go. I want to go. Molly and I. Yeah, that's oh. like a like a Northwoods supper club that was transformed into a, a like a place around here that has good cocktails. And like. the so the chef went um went from Nobel House uh, over to them. He had like some private investor or whatever, but their 
like I, I just really like the feel there. I think the menu's really good. Cool. The cocktails are really good. Um, it's a small place, a little bit bigger than Barrel, which is cool. Um, but I think that's our that's probably our number one spot. I love it. Have you been to the new spot in St. Charles, the the Graceful Ordinary? We're gonna do that. Uh, it's we got it on the R and D schedule. So we'll redo this podcast. <laughs> we won't put this out. We'll redo it after that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anybody else got any tomorrow? questions for Jacko before we get into some whiskey? Because I'm I'm getting thirsty over here. I just want to give a quick shout out. I have to do this. Okay. Can I go to the bathroom real quick? Yeah, you can. You don't have to be here for this. Without, um, when I was 18 or 19, I was working three jobs. We're making $10 an hour eating each one, trying to fill out my schedule, trying to make enough money to move out of my house. Jack offered me a job twice, got denied. Jack offered me a job a third time at Front Street, got me the job. Boom. Promoted me to a manager there, got me a job at uh, Barrel and Rye. Without Jack, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. So, I love it. Uh, for anyone who thinks that I just like fell into this, uh, no, it's a lot, a lot of work and a lot of uh, Jack love. So that's awesome. Big ups to this guy. Oh, you're that's gonna awesome. make me cry now. There you go. And uh, there's a lot of tissue boxes around should here. We, should we cry Council, some cry said. some tears into a Rumpelman shot or what? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Appreciate that, Jacko. Thanks for coming on, and honestly, thanks for letting us ask you uh, a bunch of silly questions. And uh, this is one of our favorite parts of this job, uh, getting to know people. And obviously, we've known you for a long time, but I feel like that. This gives us some good insight into our, our listeners for who you are and where you come from and uh, and where you're headed. So appreciate you for that. And uh, Garrett's going to lead us into some whiskey. Now let's drink some whiskey. Gee, tell us about this whiskey we're about to try. I'm uh, really excited about it, man. Well, this is very specific because uh, Jack, uh, one of the owners of Bourbonville Hospitality, we did a single barrel under their name. It's called Stellum Rye. Uh, many people might know the brand Barrel Craft. Um, they do a bourbon, a rye, uh, a product called Dovetail, Seagrass. Love that Dovetail, um, dude. Oh, what's so the, good. There's one more. Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, they don't make anything themselves. They buy, they go to different distilleries across the entire country, entire world. They pull single barrels, and they say, oh, this one's good, this one's good, this one's good. They buy all those, and then um, to do and they do batches, like very small batches. So I think the bourbon is on like batch number 29 or 28 right now. And um, once that batch is gone, it's gone forever. Yeah. Um, and then they also take those batches and then they put them, they finish or they take those individual barrels and they put them into individual like port casks or Calvados or sherry or, uh, or different kinds of sherry or uh, rum or uh, tequila barrels. They're always and, doing experimental right. stuff, right? And then they and then they bring them back together and then they, right. and they bottom under. Bucking the trend from the normal bourbon community. I mean, uh, Angel's Envy was the number one first person to do that, and then yeah. they're taking it to a whole nother level. Kind of following suit. Agree. So I think that Barrelcraft is one of the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Just to, uh, I couldn't even call them a distillery, but like blenders out there, um, putting out really really cool stuff. And everything they put out is that. Pretty uh, Johnny, you would love this. It's a, a pretty high high strength uh, alcohol. You brought another uh, 140 proof. No, it's kidding. It's 117.88. It's still, dude. Still. So here, so here's the thing. So they're putting out this at uh, at cast strength because it has full flavor, and anything that is like interesting or um, new that uh, that we're doing as a group, 
it's going to be coming in at cast strength because we can always add ice. We can always prove it down. We can always add a mixer. We can always make it into old fashioned, whatever. But the fact that, that they decided that this barrel was this good at this proof and they're willing to show it to us, I want to keep that that way. That makes like complete sense. The one question I had when you when you were talking about that is like these batchers. Is this something that like a lot of people do? This is no. This is the first thing. That, the first time I've heard about people not distilling, not aging, and just buying product yeah. and doing stuff with it. No one else does what they do, which is what I think is very cool. I think they're like the most innovative whiskey group or whatever you want to call them. I, I'm not even sure what you should call well, them. Well, so not to go on a, like like a long-term long yeah. rant, but a long, long rant here. Um, like I feel like five to ten years ago, bourbon was very specific, and whiskey was very specific in the U.S. as far as, like, here's the rules, here's what we do. Yes. These guys was the first person kind of bucked the trend. Break it out. These guys started going outside the lane, and were like, you know what, we're just going to take this whiskey, this whiskey, this whiskey. We're going to throw it all into a different cask. We can't call it bourbon. But it's still delicious bourbon that comes together. Yeah. So they blend it together, finish it in Armagna casks, um, uh, like pork casks, all these different casks, and they're they're coming up with like delicious stuff. Now some of it knocks it out of the park. Some of it though doesn't do as well. Eef. So you're kind of like batch to batch, like batch seventeen. One double gold in San Francisco. Batch 18 didn't win anything in San Francisco. Nothing. Batch 19 sold out like that. You know what I mean? Like, they're because they're experimental, because they're kind of bucking the trends, they're trying new things, which is cool. But every now and then you'll find one that's just okay. Yeah. But most of them, like the, the seagrass you're talking about and the dovetail, which are blends, are phenomenal. Unbelievable. So, so good. if they're basing their company off of the people who go taste these barrels and blend them together and do different things with them, then the tasters aren't doing their job if they're not winning stuff every year. So, but it, but that's not. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I hear. I hear what you're saying. Oh, here, here's the, here's the exact. So, as the beverage director, I come up with cocktails, and I know that like these are going to sell. These are not going to sell. But to stay true to ourselves and say interesting to people who, because you have to provide product for everybody. You can't just be the selling out the, the bangers the entire time. You have to, yeah. you have to still sell, look at yourself in the mirror every day and say, I'm doing something that's interesting and quality. Yeah. So uh, some of them are going to be great. And then the judges, the judges, I mean, I qualified to be a judge for the San Francisco Spirits Competition. I just didn't go. Uh, so like the judges can change every single year, and those palettes are every single every different. So, I mean... So there's Every a lot of factors when yeah. it comes down to it, but bottom line is that these guys are bucking the trend and trying new things. Also, Jack, you should definitely send me a no, taster. I, I, I didn't mean I didn't mean the uh, San Francisco uh, Spirit Award oh. tasters. I mean the people who are starting this company to pick but they're these, the one judging them to pick these barrels. Oh, the, the I don't think the barrels are the ones that are getting like rejected. It's like the fact that like uh, people just don't love them as much as the one before. So. Can you really quickly talk about, like, how do you get keyed up with them specifically okay. as the beverage director? Sure. So usually when I tell a distributor or uh, a brand exec that I'm the beverage director of the whole group, they're like, okay, so I don't need to talk to anybody else anymore, which is probably good for everyone, else, every other GM and any other buyer. Yes. Um, and I'm happy to take on that role because I'm very good at saying no. Um, but the... The, the, the goal for me is to, if I can bring in something that is unique or different and do something that's just for us, I want to do that. So like I'll say, nice. I'll, I'll say to someone like, like, um, so Stellum at Barrelcraft is, 
distributed by BC Merchants. BC Merchants and I have had a relationship for about four years now as the owner of it lives in Glen Allen, which is very, very, very convenient from Maze and Mash. Um, and so, uh, so the guy who owns that, uh, he knows who I am and I say, hey, I would like to do a barrel pick. And he goes, all right, I'll let you know when it comes out. So I've actually turned down probably seven to 10 barrel pick opportunities with them because I didn't think the product was very good. So it's, it's a kind of a give, give and take. And then in other terms, like when you do like um, in the Eagle Rare or the, the Blanton's or even the Maker's Mark, like those aren't ones I'm not turning those down. I'm just saying yes to one that they offer because we're doing enough business with them. I decided that this is something that we need to be doing business with because people like it. Sure. We think it's good. Nice. Uh, the, the product's going to sell. And then this is also something very niche that people are going to get over Gaga for. Cool. Uh, I will say this. I don't follow a lot of whiskey groups but um, on Facebook and Instagram, but the ones that I do are always talking about Stellum's rye single barrel picks. Really? It, they are. Just talking about how delicious they are, uh, unique they are. Bright is a word that comes up a lot. I agree with that. So We should probably try it. We should probably try it. Okay. So this is uh, Stellum. It's, um, it's about – it was supposed to be four years old, and then, you know, the COVID – glass bottling line turned it to almost five years old um so this is a, a rye from mgp and the oh here hold on let me get some sound effects sound effects get the sound effects Top. bumping mics that's the first time we've had double mic sound effects yeah. oh <laughs> what was that noise that was the mics rubbing together what was that? That was the two mic. That was in that was in stereo for anyone listening with headphones on. Um, the, my favorite part about this uh, this whole process was that um, Jen, the new GM of Maze and Mash, she helped me pick this barrel. Nice. It was the first barrel that I th- I'm pretty sure it was the first barrel that she was a part of. Very cool. And uh, I'm very proud of her for picking the same one that I picked. Um, not saying that she wouldn't have picked a good one, but like, we both had the same palette. Uh, and my other favorite part is that um, this bottle is available at all the Bourbon Belly Hospitality restaurants. Yep. 55 bucks. Yep. You can get, Plus a, you can get a pour of it. And the, the label that they put on it looks like it was um, put on by a label maker. <laughs> it, it does look a little bit like that. It's a little janky. But everything else, though, is looks yeah. clean, though, right? Yeah. looks real clean. I, I think it's got good presentation um as far as the the labels go johnny i think the label position is really good though because right on top it's right on the front very clear side or back yeah exactly you're not hiding anything yeah um but it does look like they just typed it in in like a little (laughs) label maker and then press print correct (laughs) yeah all right Uh, so give us some stats on this where are we at on this all right so this is a um this is what they call a low rye from mgp which means the high rye would be 95.5 yeah uh, the low rye is 65% rye. Beautiful. And a rye is uh, just for the for the customer, for the listeners. Rye has made with the predominantly rye grain, at least 51% rye. Perfect. In a new oak barrel um, made in the United States. Awesome. Uh, put into the barrel 120, under 125 proof. I'm fairly confident that this one was put in at like 110 proof. Okay. Um, it should taste a little sweeter. So give it give it a, a nose under the lips, Johnny. Don't shove your face in it. I haven't said that in a while. I know. It smells good. Yeah. Cheers. It does smell good. 
Sorry for the uh, delay in audio here. We're just uh, not judging until the second sip. That, fir- that first sip is... It's, it's potent, it's pun- right? It's pungent. Yeah. That has to do with a bottle being opened recently, and it's a rye, and it's high proof. I do believe, and I 100% behind this, um, once this bottle's open, four to five days later, it is way softer. It's it's a little bit like wine. You got to open it up thirty minutes, let it have some some oxygen get in there and and make it a little bit different. Um, I can't. This I feel like this is really good. It's it's just with pepper, and it's super spicy, right? Um, a lot of rice with the baking spices coming forward. This is super forward on the baking spices, but it doesn't have a bright finish to it. Yeah, nice clean finish to it. Um, I love the color on it. It's it's not quite a straw color, but like a like a red straw, mm-hmm. and it looks great. Um, kind of yeah. like that orange corn that you got in the Indian corn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, borderline 120 proof though. This doesn't <laughs> taste as hot as that. I, I agree with that. I think it's burning the back of my throat. Here, but. I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Really. Yeah. But I, I think the flavor is super good. But I saw you Pull drink it. You, water in there. Oh, I I've s- had like four sips. You had like gulps. Yeah. I'm just kidding. So I, I just put some water in mine. And honestly, I, I'm excited to try it just for the flavor. Because sometimes that makes it a little bit better, right? I mean, yeah. We talked about that in the last episode about dropping water into whiskey. That's tasty, dude. It's really good. I I agree. With the water in there, Jacko, yeah. open up the well, flavor a little I, bit. Well, I think it's, it's a family name. It, I'm I'm happy to put our name behind that product right there. The, the pick for sure. Oh, you make me cry now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, the next time we get together, I would like to try this in what? In old fashioned. Exactly. Yeah. You know. You know how I am. That's. So, that, I, I think that this is going to be. Dynamite, and I haven't it's had so it. It's so good in old fashioned. It has to be. It's so good. The the flavor, the pepper, it just comes through. It's amazing. It shines nicely with orange and citrus and a little oh, bit of sugar. That's good. It, it is strong by itself. Yeah. That's that's the only knock I'm gonna give it. Just because it, it would you say it is a four and a half year product? Yeah. I wish that we grabbed one from one of our restaurants that had been open for a couple of days. Okay. But regardless, the flavor is great. Yeah. Just very strong. Yeah, that's that's the only knock I give on it, but I guarantee you, you put that in an old fashioned, I slam four or five I'm of those bam bitches. Heat. I'm not getting the heat. Yeah, that's what I'm talking really? about, Johnny. I don't get it either. But yeah, I'm. This is like a back, back end. Yeah. Yeah. Just get a little flame back there. I get, a, and I, not a bad way. I get a little spice like in the back of my tongue, like in the sides, and then like, like almost like almost underneath the tongue a little bit, but not in my throat. I don't know if that's because I've completely shot my palate. With, yeah, you have no high, palate. High yeah, your your palate's dead. Don't tell Jack that. <laughs> did you guys? Um, did we ever uh, review review Rumplements? And are we going to do that now? <laughs> do we do we have any Rumplements? No, we don't. We're good. We, so we, we so that's out. We, we finished it. We finished oh, that okay. half bottle. All right. Damn it! I should have brought another bottle. I know a girl who calls Rumplements. She calls it. The house white. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> I saw that. It's so good on Instagram. She yeah. posted a comment. What does that mean? Because that's cause the house like, white wine. Yeah, house white. Wine. So like, oh, you want to so sample yeah. something? I got something for you. Here's Just the problems. house white. 
Excellent. How's that? Uh, is your, how's your house share day? Delicious. Delicious. Nice and minty. Yeah, minty. <laughs> nice and minty. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. The flavor's amazing. It's a little hot for me. All right, so what do you got? Rating? I would love to try it in old fashioned. I'm giving it an eight. Eight? An eight, which I, I feel like is, is low for me. I would have said you would have gone like six and a half or seven. No, it's, it, that, an eight is for me to try it in other versions. You know what I mean? Like it, like the whiskey that I'm sipping by myself, I feel like that I really like is going to be higher than that. Okay. So I, I, I'm giving it an eight. I think that it's got potential in cocktails, high proof cocktails. This is money. I think this would be great. For me, I... I whoa, whoa, whoa. Mike's going to say what he's got to do with it. Uh, I'm going to buy a bottle of it and make Old Fashions at home. Perfect. Actually, I already have a bottle of it, and I'm going to make Old Fashions at home for myself. Johnny? Yeah, for, for me, uh, off the top of my comment, I, I would definitely buy a bottle of this. I, I definitely like the mouthfeel on it. I'm not getting the burn you guys are getting. Uh, I don't know if it's just... Uh, your palate's, I, I, your I palate's dead like Garrett's. I, I don't know what it is, but... Oh, you guys I better think, switch the scotch. I think it's got a good spice. And then uh, I also agree with you, Mike. Like I would definitely try to, an old-fashioned with this as well. I think that's the... I, I would love to try I, it that I, way. I think your comment about you know getting sort of the, the higher proof, or what did you call the cast strength? Yeah. Um, I think it makes sense also for cocktails, like you said, because you're going to dilute it anyway, so you want to kind of reduce you it. You want that flavor to, to shine through. Right. I think that completely makes sense. So, yeah, I'm on board with... Uh, I'm on board with it. Cool. Gee, what you got? Would you give it a number? I didn't. Uh, some of the high rise that we've had in the past, I think I rated more of like an eight, eight five. I'll give this a good eight, five. eight seven five. Oh, nice. Eight seven five. Boom. Oh, yeah. And what are you gonna do with it? Everybody can breathe easy now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll buy a bottle and, and I'll make uh, some cocktails with it. Gee, thanks for bringing that uh, whiskey on. No, for sure. And honestly, uh, the barrel picks at our restaurants, honestly, I'm going to throw this out to you real quick. The first two years you were doing this, they were good. They're okay. The, no, they were good. The last two years you've been doing this, they are incredible. And I'm, I'm literally not trying to blow smoke at you. Yeah. Come by Burger Social. I will sample you out all the barrel picks that Garrett's, that's, he's pulled in. And honestly, you will like all of them. They're all different. They're unique. Some of them are cast strength. Some of them, some of them are not. That journeyman last feather rye cast strength that you pulled—that's unbelievable—is unbelievable. And when I tell people that, they're like, hey, "I've had journeyman." I'm like, "Not this one. Ah, not this one." And they try. And they're like, "Oh my god, yeah. the flavor is incredible." So I commend you for your palate. Thank you. Your experience doing what you do and bringing some great barrels into the the fold that we get to try. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us today on the Sipping Social Podcast. Uh, we drink a lot of beer. We had a lot of rumplements. We had a lot of whiskey. Um, take care of your bartenders. Take care of your servers. It's slow times. Tip a little bit extra, especially for the people that are working hard for you. You know, they really care about it. Shop uh, local. Yeah, shop local. Drink responsibly. We really, uh, we really hope you guys do uh, drink responsibly. Uh, Johnny, any last words? Uh, you say drink responsibly. Uh, resp- <laughs> You say you drink responsibly. I'm at home. I'm yeah. drinking. You guys all took Uber here. Yeah. Responsibly. So we're all responsibly. Responsibly. <laughs> we're all responsibly. Gary, what you got? Wrap it uh, up. This is, uh, this is one of the greatest things I've ever done. I, I think that this podcast is, for me, on Steve Nally level, because mm. I got to be here with Jack. Mm. Uh, Love it. There's nothing more I respect more in the restaurant game than Jack. Love it, love it, Jacko. What's so embarrassing? But for me, it's embarrassing for me. But I literally had a great time 
Thank you guys so much. Really, honestly, appreciate you guys forcing me to come on this thing. Like, what a fanboy! Hold a gun to my head Years. because I did not want to come on this thing, but I'm so thankful that you did. That's awesome. And dude. Um, I, I really like I like I said, huge fans of each of you individually, but as a whole on the podcast, unbelievable. Thank you guys. Dude, love it. Nice, man. We got some uh, sleepwear, uh, some Sipping Social podcast sleepwear for you to take home. So uh, <laughs> hope you enjoy that tonight. Can't wait. Next time on the uh, Sipping Social podcast, guys, we are going to have another great guest, another titan of oh, the industry. I cannot wait. Anybody who likes craft beer, you're going to want to listen to this. All right, we're bringing on the, the owner of Hot Butcher. This dude is awesome. He's a great dude. We cannot wait for you guys to hear what we have to ask him and uh, how much uh, booze we're going to drink with this guy. Thank you so much for joining us on episode Jack Waters number 37, Sipping Social Podcast. Be good to each other. We really, really appreciate appreciate you guys. And uh, G. Raise a glass. Here's today. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Cheers. Later, boys. First of all, we'd like to thank our listeners, our families, and our friends that support us. We could not do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about us if you like this podcast. Big thanks to our producer, Johnny, in the Underground Studio. Also, a shout-out to Johnny Perona in Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. Get you a Coors Light, Jack. Get you a Captain Coke. How about a cab? Open you up a wine. Want a fresh cab? <laughs> got a nice, How about a Napa? Got a nice Napa deep got a Russian red River cab. Valley cab mm. for you. Give you a nice it's swirl. It's a Sonoma County. Will, oh. Will Matt Valley. Open it up for you. Pinot Fox, Fox Noir. Valley. Five iron out of Aquavit. the bush. Aquavit. Penis. A- <laughs>